Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes each day, but every single day, seven days a week, getting you into God's word, helping keep you focused on your relationship with God, upon your soul's salvation, upon God's will for your life, helping you to have a better, more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with life every day, but also so important, helps you to stay strong in your faith and grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now, we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. Help them. You know people who need to grow in their faith, who need to come to God. Share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally, literally everybody you can every day. And you may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to move on in our line of thought and study, talking about things that are not in the Bible. And yet some things that we see see done on a regular basis by a whole lot of churches, and also we hear things said and taught by a whole lot of preachers in different churches and also people who believe they're Christians, trying to tell other people how to be saved. We hear these things taught. We hear these things said, but they're not in the Bible. We see some things practiced that are not in the Bible. So we talked about some of these, several of these already. One, in regard to the question, what do I need to do to be saved? Some people will say something along the line, well, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Doesn't say that in scriptures anywhere anywhere. In order to accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we're going to have to obey Jesus's teachings. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49, Jesus talks about that. Well, somebody will say in response to, what do I need to do to be saved? Ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved. Sounds good, doesn't it? It's just not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. Acts chapter 16, verses 29 through 32, when that jailer in Philippi asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? They taught him the gospel. They said you need to believe in Jesus, but he needed to know what he needed to believe in pertaining to Jesus. So they taught him and his household the gospel that very night, and that very night they were all baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. We see a lot of people a lot of churches baptizing babies because and again it goes back to a made-up doctrine called total hereditary depravity. And that simply means that babies are born guilty of the sins of their forefathers going all the way back to Adam. But we read in Ezekiel chapter 18 And it says very directly, the soul that sins shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, and the father shall not bear the iniquity of the son. So why is that being practiced? But it is by different churches, and a whole lot of folks have been taught that, and they have gone along with it. But it's not in the Bible. Infant baptism is not in the Bible. We also talked about how 
there are a number of churches who they will schedule a baptismal service when it's convenient for the church so that everybody who wants to be baptized and have said they wanted to be baptized over the last few weeks or so, they can all come together on a given day and it'll be real convenient. They can do it all at one time. You don't find that in the scriptures. Because you see, baptism is the point at which our sins are forgiven through the blood Jesus shed on the cross. Acts 22 and verse 16. Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Also, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The Apostle Paul said, it, the sense is when a person comes to understand what they need to do to be saved, he said, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. Well, let's look at another one. A whole lot of churches practice sprinkling or pouring or rubbing some water on somebody's forehead and calling it baptism. But that's not in the Bible either. Now, some people might listen to what I just said and say, what? It's not in the Bible. No, not in the Bible. That was made up by man. It's just not in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter, uh, chapter 8, beginning with verse 35, we read of a man from Ethiopia who had been taught the gospel plan of salvation through Jesus Christ by, again, a Christian man who was sent to teach him by the Holy Spirit. In verse 35, this man named Philip, this Christian man named Philip, and I think we can understand Philip as, as having been a gospel preacher, Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Preached Jesus to who? This man from Ethiopia. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch, the man from Ethiopia, said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Well, you see, teaching people about salvation through Jesus necessarily includes teaching that we are to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. That's when our sins are forgiven. And that's when we're saved. And that's when we come into Jesus. That's all Scripture. But salvation without being baptized is not found in the Bible. God is not in the dry cleaning business, <laughs> so to speak. Now, so this man from Ethiopia, he had been taught enough. He understood what he needed to do. He said, see, here is water. They were passing some kind of maybe a river or a lake or some body of water that was large enough, deep enough to be fully immersed in. And he said, what hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But that wasn't enough, just verbalizing a belief. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch, the man from Ethiopia, went down into the water and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. And the, the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, if sprinkling and pouring is baptism, why in the world did Philip take the man down into the water and they both came up out of the water? He could have simply reached down and scooped up some water and sprinkled it on the man's head or rubbed it on his forehead or poured some over his head. 
In fact, the man probably had water in his chariot as they were traveling along. Probably didn't even need to get out of the chariot. But you see, that's not baptism, sprinkling or pouring or rubbing water on somebody's forehead. You're never going to find that in the New Testament scriptures as being baptism. Now, again, that may be surprising to some people, but that is what the scriptures teach. Baptism, the very word coming from the Greek baptizo, means submerge, immerse, dip, plunge, bury, bury. Well, let's look at Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, and I want us to read, I want us to read verse, verses uh, 3 and 4. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When you bury someone, what do you do? You cover them up completely, don't you? You don't leave body parts sticking out of the ground. We were buried with him through baptism into death. We died to the guilt of our sins, to that old lifestyle of sin, and we were buried. We are immersed in the waters of baptism. Again, the word baptize in the Greek means bury, submerge, immerse. In Colossians 2 and verse 12, we read again, buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And there's that beautiful imagery. Just as Jesus died on that cross physically, was buried literally in that tomb, he arose from that grave. As we come to him for forgiveness and salvation, to be born again, we, are, we die to that old life of sin. We repent of those sins. We're seeking forgiveness. We're buried, immersed in the waters. As he was buried in that tomb, we are buried in those waters of baptism. And as he arose alive, victorious over death, we rise up out of those waters. The imagery is parallel and beautiful. And we rise up reborn spiritually because we've been forgiven of our sins and we have been saved in Christ through the baptism. That's what's in the scriptures. But sprinkling, pouring, you're never going to find that as baptism for the New Testament church, as Christian baptism. Never going to find it in the scriptures. Why do churches practice it? They just made it up out of convenience. But you see, we need to follow God's word faithfully. We cannot change it. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. You don't add to it. You don't take anything away from it. And if you do, then you face judgment from God. And that can be eternal judgment and condemnation. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, he said, I marvel, I'm amazed that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. 
being baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins, for salvation, coming into Christ, that's part of the gospel message of salvation. But you see, there are a whole lot of churches that have changed it. And Paul says, that's not the gospel. When you change it, it's no longer the gospel. We need to simply follow what the scriptures say. We'll look further next time about some things that are not in the Bible, but that are taught and practiced (laughs) on a widespread basis. What a shame. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your will. Help us to see, help us to respect what your word says. Help us to be thankful for you making the way for us to be with you in heaven for all of eternity, having been saved in Christ and through Christ. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please forgive us and hear a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.